Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Astonishing X-Men Volume 1, Gifted, Collecting Issues 1 to 4 of the 2004 Marvel Comics series. Oh, no, I said 1 to 4. I meant 1 to 6. Start again. Of the two I'm not starting again. We're just going straight through. <laughs> of the 2004 Marvel Comics series by Joss Whedon. Oh, I'll do it again. No, no, keep going. Now you're too deep in. <laughs> by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. <laughs> Very good, Benjamin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. Benjamin. Yes. Were you astonished by these X-Men? Ah, uh, Michael, I have to say now, I went into this fully, fully mille- uh, late millennial, yeah. bloody, bloody ready, Michael, to have right. a go at one Joss, Josiah Wheaton. Oh, Joshua Wheaton. Benjamin, I don't know if you technically are a late millennial. I think you might be just smack bang in the middle there. I went into this, Michael, as a smack bang right down the middle millennial, yeah, as we're called good. in the in the media. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to have a go at one Josiah Whedon. Very good. Benjamin, have you ever heard the old edict, judge not he who maketh the art, but judgeth upon thine art? Yeah, that's uh, chapter and verse uh, two from, from the book of Mick in yes. the Bible. Yes. Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. Look. Every now and then we're doing collecting issues of bi-weekly book cl- comic book book club yes. and we come across something and we say to ourselves we better describe to the listeners what exactly this is. So let's not break from tradition, Ben. And why don't you tell me, Ben, what exactly is the X-Men? So, Michael, what exactly the X-Men is is they're a group of outcasts with a genetic anomaly within their bodices. Right. And those anomalies, Michael, can manifest when they hit puberty. Okay, the L-pubes. The L-pubes. And not only do you get a case of a bloody bad temper and short and curlies, Michael. Yeah. But you might also get yourself, I don't know, regenerating bone claws or complete deity-like control over the weather or perhaps a giant shag carpet for body hair from that point on. Could you do a laser from your eyes, maybe? Sometimes, Michael, you'd never be able to look someone in the eye ever again. Oh, good. would not benefit from Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Excellent, Ben. I have that mutation, but it's not because (laughs) of laser eyes. It's because of shame. <laughs> Good old fashioned Good Catholic old shame. Fashion, Catholic yes, Irish shame. <laughs> There's probably a link to be drawn between Catholic ostracism and bloody X Men. But the X Men, Michael, are uh, a crew of mutants, as the world knows them as. And Michael, they'll always be hated and feared. Mm, they will, won't they? And Benjamin, this is from 2004, the heady days of 2004, which so were probably near the height of the X Men's powers. Uh, yeah, this would have been. This would have been. I think the the first X Men had come out, hadn't it? The movie. I think one and two might have been out by this. One stage. and two might have been out, Michael. Mm, almost. I, I think it'd be fair to say that the the last stand was heavily influenced by this. Yes, the last stand. I think wasn't out yet. I think it might have been on its way. I think the last yeah. stand was two thousand six. Yeah, possibly. So, uh, the X Men had just reached their their movie. Their movie Zenith, Michael. Mm, they'd been with, growing slowly throughout the 80s and 90s, Ben, though, becoming this juggernaut of pop culture, yeah. pun intended, Ben, which they aren't really so much anymore. No, Michael, because you see, Marvel couldn't get, couldn't keep their mitts on the L rights, Michael, so they went, mm. oh, you know what, let's sideline them. Yeah, interestingly enough. 
Yeah, and they really did become outcasts in the Marvel community. Oh, very good. Yes, see what I did there? Life uh, so imitates art. <laughs> so that popularity, Michael, was brought on largely by a couple of different things. But Jim Lee's kind of big run after a Chris, uh, it was Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, was it? Or was it Jim Lee? No, it was Jim Lee and Jim Lee. Jim Lee and Jim Lee, Jim <laughs> Lee squared, as they're yeah. known uh, among, among the lads. I think, but, I don't uh, know who yeah. wrote the Jim Lee run. Was it Chris Claremont? I am not 100% sure, but Chris Claremont had kind of went about defining a lot of the characters as we went along, introducing a lot of the villains that we've come to know in the X-Men saga. Mm. Jim Lee then went on, gave them a little bit of a facelift, Michael, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the classic looks, Ben. The classic looks, Michael, the yellow and blue Wolvie costume, mm-hmm. the blue chrome domey kind of uh, X-Men, or what is it, Scott Summers thing, and the tousled brown hair on occasion. What a handsome man. What a handsome man. Uh, we got we got a lot of that, Michael. And then, of course, there was the groundbreaking, Michael. Yes. X-Men animated series. I've got that wrong on purpose so we don't get copyright strikes. Very good, because otherwise Joan the Policewoman and her army of litigators will be after us. She'll be bloody after us. Benjamin. Yes. That was all well and good. But then the yes. movies came out and the movies made it too cool to be that anymore. Which was silly, Michael, when you think about it. Mm. Well, I mean, they didn't understand superhero movies back then, Ben. Like no, we they do didn't. Now. They really much, very much did not, Benjamin. And then everyone was in black leather, Ben. And it wasn't like those clubs you go to in Berlin. It was tactical wear. <laughs> that that Berlin joke made me giggle there, Michael. Well, it did. N- nearly made you spit your water out. <laughs> <laughs> nearly yeah, got you. Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> and then, who did that? That was Frank Quietly and... Warren Ellis? Yeah, the, the, no, it was Frank Whiteley and Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, the other Warren we Ellis. Grant DM. <laughs> yes. Rides again. Um, so, We Grant DM was coming off a fresh run from quite a few popular titles, uh, Michael, but the, the big one there would have been The Invisibles, I guess. Mm. Um, he did a little bit of Doom Patrol, probably gave them a little pep in their step. Uh, during the late 90s The Invisible started in the late 90s as well They went all the way through to the new millennium So uh, We Grant EM was, was doing his Weird outsiders break the rules of reality stuff Yeah um, And everyone was ugly And the only man who likes a black leather suit A bit more than Brian Singer Is one We Grant EM Oh he does indeed Yeah So we got introduced to a, a whole host Of unusual X characters Grant Morrison kind of got really he really plumbed the debts of, I. but what would happen? What would happen if you didn't like your ex-gene? Ben. Yeah. It's 2004 and I'm sick of all this bullshit and I just want the X-Men back. Okay, that's, that's fair, Michael. That's a fair request. Do you know what we could probably do? What could you do for me? We could probably reach out and tap a, a, a pop culture beloved writer who... Really represents women in a wonderful way on screen. Does oh, snappy dialogue, very fitting of the the, the early two thousands because it's a oh, snappy women, age, Michael. It, women are so in right now in two thousand four. Yeah, do you know what would be great if we could somehow get Buffy the Vampire Slayer onto the X Men? Yeah, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. But I tell you what, we probably couldn't do that. That'd be a bit confusing. But what we could do is get yes. the person who created her to get onto the team. Oh, that's great, Joss. We no one even suspects he might be a prick yet. Yeah, nobody even knows yet. No one has the slightest notion. Everyone loves him still in 2004, where we anyway, are you for get this just gag. On <laughs> and you say, here, come here to me. What would happen if uh, Kitty Pride was Buffy? <laughs> what, mm, what, would, what would that I be see. like? 
I see. <laughs> I see what you're saying. So you're yeah. saying Kitty Pride is Buffy in a lot of ways. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, also, also, could we make Colossus Angel? Hmm. Benjamin. That's a good idea. Here at Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, we look at graphic novels as individual collections on their own. And particularly in this one, this is... uh, Benjamin, it is the the much maligned and hated term. It's a bit of a soft reboot. Uh, Yes, it's a... a, Yeah, that's precisely what it is, Michael. So do Um, you need to know any of that nonsense that's just happened to enjoy this? No, I don't actually think you do. We often ask the question here on... Collecting issues, the bi-weekly oh, comic, book, comic club. book club. Do you do you need anything going in? You don't in this case. The the things that you do need mm-hmm. are very quickly expositioned, Exp- explained. I believe is the word. Explained is probably the word that that most native speakers of the language would use. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a lot of that, Michael. What I found interesting about this is I think it does a nice job of contextualizing the X history. Yes. Without alienating new readers. Because Go one on. of the things, or one of the criticisms that you could level against the X-Men, Michael, is there's a lot going on. Too much, arguably. Too much, arguably, yeah. Yeah, but it does a nice job of taking lots of different strands, Michael. Yes. Lots of different strands. There's a hand movement that goes with that, ladies and gentlemen, but you can't mm. see it because this he's, is an audio medium. He's grasping up all the strands. Yeah, and I think, I think, because we didn't know he was a prick back then, we didn't know. We'd no idea. No one knew. We kn- nobody knew. I think Joss Whedon does an okay job. Do you? I I didn't hate this. All right. Well, look look at here, Ben. You look here and you listen to me for a moment, right. because I have to say, as big a Joss Whedon fan as I was, right. and I, I'm still a, I'm still a big fan of his work. I think his work has been seminal in pop culture in yeah. creating the kind of witty banter among an ensemble cast. Yeah. He he. he we we wouldn't have any of the media we have today if it weren't for Joss Whedon. His his influence is even felt in procedural cop shows, and it's everywhere. Like every everything is influenced by Whedon these days. I would argue, but I wasn't mad about this either when it first came out or now. Oh, did you read it when it first came out, Michael? That's I did read this when it first came out, Benjamin, because I was quite a big X Men fan back in the olden days, and oh, I have oh. to say. Other than a couple of images of Kitty Pride phasing through things, not a lot of it stuck in my memory. Okay, fair. I'll tell you why I, why I read this back in the day, Ben. I read this back in the day because my favourite comic book company in those days was Wildstorm. Oh, yeah, the lads. You know, the lads, the, the gang over at Wildstorm, Ben. And in particular, I had a bit of a grawl for two artists. And that was Brian Hitch and John Cassidy. Oh, yeah. And both of them went on then to be the main artists for the biggest books, as they say in the biz, Ben, for both Marvel and DC, with Brian Hitch going on to do Justice League. Justice League, eh? Justice League. And <laughs> Justice John, League. John Cassidy. This is John Cassidy, isn't it? It is. John Cassidy, going, yeah. Going on to do um, X-Men. So you said to yourself, well, look, looky here. Look at, the, well, they've only got unreeled me back into the X-Men. And... I don't know. I don't think the art in this is particularly memorable, unfortunately. I think that could be leveled at it in a couple of different places. Uh, I tell you what I did like. Go on. What did you like? Some of the action scenes. I liked some of the moves. I liked I liked Beast flipping Wolverine into the ceiling. I thought mm. that was good. Yeah, I liked Shadow Cat stuff. Mm. I liked uh, Peter, I'm made of pure rage Rasputin. 
Yeah, he's made a rage, Ben. Yeah, his uh, his metal, you know, shininess, his chromeness, if you will, it's very yeah. well rendered. I thought. Hmm. He's an imposing force, Michael. He does a very heavy shadow, John Cassidy, and he does it in. Well, maybe it's him, or maybe it's his inker. But uh, um, no, I think it's I think it's John Cassidy. I think he he likes a heavy shadow because it's very much the same on Planetary Michael, which is another comic book that we reviewed here on collecting issues by weekly comic, comic, comic book, book club. club. Yeah. Um yeah. there are hints there are serious hints of planetary in this. Uh, there yes. are some there are some parts of it which very much look like planetary, particularly when Kitty Pride is going through the alien spaceship. That's a bit silly, isn't it? I'm trying to figure out what's going on down there. That's very planetary. Even it the is choice very planetary, of, the choice of color palette and mood are very planetary. Yes, Miss Brand and her entire sword agency, Michael. Very mm. planetary. A little bit planetary. Benjamin. Yeah. But what were we talking about? We were talking yeah. about the art. Yeah. We, yeah, we've, probably, but it, we've, we've jumped the gun a bit. Probably. We have a little bit. We've, we've possibly jumped the gun a little bit. Benjamin, they're back in their classic costumes. In case yeah, you were so wondering. this is a, a, a bone of contention. I think Joss Whedon really wanted to stick it to Fox. <laughs> Do you think so? Do you think that's what's going on? I think there's a little bit of that going on, Michael, because they poke fun at the costumes. But then also they say, yeah, but we're supposed to look like superheroes. Yeah. That's the whole point. We're <laughs> supposed to astonish, in case you were wondering why this is called this. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah, we don't want to be new X-Men. We don't want no. to be a weird 80s band in our tight leather. We don't, mm. we don't need that. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. I'm all right with that. I think it was fine. I think the, the costumes <laughs> are not very iconic. Um, Which ones? Which costumes aren't iconic? Well, I mean, they are iconic, but they're not very... Um, Wolverine is just in his classic costume. Yeah. It's and Cyclops classic. is in a slightly reimagined version of his classic costume. Yeah. And Ember Frost is mostly in the nude. And Beast has got some pants on. And Beast is going through his awkward cat phase. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? It was very weird. Benjamin. Yeah. Why are they fighting the Toxic Avenger? Uh, the Toxic Avenger or... Any major demon villain from the Buffy series ever. Yeah. <laughs> is Ord of the Break World. Yeah. That sounds and ominous. He's the stupidest character. Now, Ord, Ben. Ord uh, is 100% Joss Whedon. Is that who he is? He is. No, he's not Joss Whedon himself, but he's 100% <laughs> a Joss Whedon character. He's so stupid. <laughs> he's awful. He's he's very silly looking, Ben. He's got a big mushy face. Why has he got a chrome bar over his he's nose? Got a chrome bar over his nose. Is that giving him gases? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's never explained. Mm. Um, he has a wildly varying power level. Yes. So he does the classic Joss Whedon thing, Ben, of showing up at first and giving the heroes a good old thrashing. Yes. That is a beloved Joss Whedon trope. Yeah. Now, I know it's a beloved trope of a lot of fiction. But um, he 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 might as well have had a sign that said, I'm a Joss Whedon baddie when they yeah. first show up and go, oh, we better go and deal with this guy. And oh, no, he's surprisingly kicked our asses. Oh, no. But then later on, much easier to deal with. Classic yeah. Joss Whedon. Inexplicably actually quite easy to whoop. Yes, it happened over and over again in Buffy. It happened with Glorificus. It happened with Adam. It happened with... Um, Caleb the Preacher Constant Joss Whedon trope of Really um, impossibly tough baddie And then you figure it out Yeah until he's not (laughs) Until he's not Until the plot needs him to not be I think you know What a great Concept the cure is For an X-Men story 
Mm. Um, I think it's a new way to regenerate the trope of the X-Men, which is, are we a disease or are we just something different that humanity will have to learn to accept? And rather than creating the same old, oh gosh, I hate the mutants. Mm. Oh, what a what a bad bunch of blokes! I don't understand. They they he created a little turmoil from within, Michael. Yes, Ben. To quote the famous pop song, "Are we humans or are we cancers?" Uh, yeah, that's not the song. Um, Is that but, not the song? You know, the point stands, Michael. Yes, yes, Benjamin. Yeah, you come here to me and you tell me this. Have I not seen this plot before? I think we well, It's in the It's in X-Men Last Stand Okay it's, it's in X-Men Last Stand X-Men Last Stand Is all about the mutant cure But is this where The mutant cure comes from? I don't know I don't think it is Ben Did, did Henry Gyrick Not want to give a mutant cure In the X-Men comic, comics Or did um, I know that the legacy virus Needed a cure Yeah everyone wanted To cure the legacy virus Because that was no good That was um, no good That was the mutant uh, Analogy of AIDS Yeah basically. mutant AIDS yeah, it was mutant AIDS. It was a like a terrifying new virus. But Benjamin, have they not been trying to cure the mutant gene for years? Was that not was that not the part of God Love Man Kills? Was that not part of oh, that? Oh, I think that might be it. But I, I think this is the first time they succeed well and proper, Michael. Okay, so there is a mutant cure in this. Or is there? Well, I, I think it's later retconned that there isn't, Michael, but we only deal with the six issues here, Michael, because this is collecting exactly. issues. This why we can comic book club. Comic book so for all intents and purposes, or all intense purposes, as mm. some people say, Michael. Yeah, uh, that's wrong. It's wrong. It's a malpropism, Michael. But, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes, so anybody mm-hmm. who's in a tent, listen up. Uh, yes. The cure is real. The cure is real. Benjamin. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen this mutant cure thing before. And... I'm absolutely certain of it. And isn't that always Hank McCoy's thing that he's like, oh, I might get the cure. Look at the absolute state of me. I'm blue in the fur and also in my emotions because look at me. Look at the absolute state of me. I wish I weren't blue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Hank McCoy's just a big old milksop, isn't he? He's he's the definition of that weird term. Don't want to be blue anymore. Uh, Benjamin. Yes. What are you feeling about this white white queen Emma Frost and Cyclops thing? Uh, what? A, first of all, just before we move off, Hank McCoy, he's Giles from Buffy. <laughs> That's all yeah, he he's is. Hundred percent Giles from Buffy. Yeah. He's just Giles. Yeah. There's that scene where he gets the coffee, and he's like, "Oh, the fresh blonde beans of the season, Emma. Mm. You never cease to amaze me." And it was just such an Anthony Stewart head moment where it's yes. like, oh. "Very good." <laughs> I was. Just, I heard it in his voice. I was like, "Oh, um, this this might have been the first inkling that." Joss Whedon doesn't actually get feminism. Maybe <laughs> he thinks he gets it, but he, he maybe he's just a, maybe he's just a big prick, Ben. Maybe that's maybe it. He's just a big prick, Michael. Benjamin. Yeah. One thing that Joss Whedon does love is uh, a villain turned hero who knows that they might turn bad at any moment, and then have a special somebody to keep an eye on them in case they ever turn bad. Yeah, it's a David Boreanaz special, as it's known. It's a in David. The yeah, exactly. So in in Angel, of course, he brought in uh, Faith. To keep an eye on, him, eye on him if he ever went bad. And this Emma Frost brings in Shadowcat because it's like, I know you don't like me. This is how I imagine Emma Frost talks. <laughs> she's she's mad for the fags, Ben. She's on 50 fags a day. <laughs> I know you don't like me, so I brought you in here to watch me. I tell you something, dollface. We were all lookers once. <laughs> Emma Frost, God bless her, in this is written... 
like I don't know a caricature of a femme fatale she's mm. bizarre very strange um, very unpleasant I, I I don't know I think she's supposed to be imposing and threatening but her dialogue often just comes off as very silly hmm um, Benjamin, I feel that maybe I'm convincing you that this wasn't very good because you said you did quite like it. No, no, I I really really liked it. And I'll get into why I like it, Michael, because um, well, do. it has very little to do with necessarily individual characters and far more to do with the concept of X-Men. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued now. Uh yeah, so one of the things I really liked about this, Michael, is the use of powers. And I know we said that, you know, the art maybe didn't do the best thing, but I thought in this one, Michael, Uh, Joss Whedon gives a bit of interesting thought to powers as characterization or how the powers of each character can reveal a little bit more about them. Um, One of the things I really enjoyed is the moment where Emma Frost kind of makes a bizarre uh, nausea trigger or vomiting trigger for the the three henchmen in the lab. Very Joss Whedon. Very Joss Whedon, but also a good way of looking at Emma Frost. It's a nice little window into how weird and odd and twisted and quite sinister vengeful can be yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I really did like the Colossus stuff for a change mm. um, I thought it was a nice reintroduction of that character I thought his power was shown off well I think Josh Wheaton hits some classic notes really well the fastball special um, I think understanding Hank McCoy as big a pain in the arse as he is and mopey is you get a good look at his power set you get a good look at wolverine's power set you kind of see their powers used in ways that extend them like wolverine doesn't pull punches he cuts people's ears off as opposed to just dismantles the the psychic scramblers and stuff like that he just hurt your ear he just van goes three men yeah that hurt your ear a lot none of them are madly powerful in this either no they they have powers that set them apart from average humans but it's it's the teamwork that works well together and it's a team finding their feet in those initial stages, which is why they fail against Ord hmm. of the break world initially. Yes. And then yep. they, they don't do so badly the second time because they've got their teamwork up behind them now, Michael. And Colossus sneaks up on him. And Colossus sneaks up on him and kicks the which is shit out of him. Classic Joss Whedon moment. Uh, yeah, so I thought there was some nice kind of stuff like that. I, I liked some of the dialogue scenes. I really liked the... the uh, I tested his DNA. Um, I read his mind mm. I smelled him I also did that um, yes, and I, I liked those little moments I thought there were nice kind of pushes of that I think it's a very uh, what I really like about it is it's a local X-Men story which we don't get a lot and what I mean by that is you get so weighed down in X-Men lore and understanding who died when and what happened where Who's clones of whom? Who's clones of whom? Which consciousness is that body in now? Hmm? Yes. What? Yeah. And you don't have to worry about any of that here. What race is she? What race is she? What's going on there? Wasn't she black once? Uh, Hang on. Hmm. I'm not sure I'm 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 okay with this. Um, I don't think you can transplant consciousness into another ethnicity. Mm. I, I don't think that's how representation works. Ah, well, Ben, if that is your biggest problem with transplanting consciousness, then I think you're looking at it the wrong way. I'm probably a big old racist, Michael, anyway. Ah, classic. Benjamin, what race is she is actually your Tinder bio. (laughs) No, it isn't. That's fucking awful. Jesus. (laughs) Gotcha. That's one of the worst ones you've ever sent my way. (laughs) 
we'll carry one on anyway talking about X-Men through our stuff this is going to be our Twitter and one day <laughs> you're going to run for president someday you're going to run for president someday Ben and someone's going to say did your Twitter bio used to be what race is she <laughs> And people will say, that's not great, Ben. That's not a good look for you. Oh, we've just gone down 16 points in the polls. You'll have to explain, Benjamin, how in the early 2000s there was this concept called jokes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, talk about X-Men more. But anyway, uh, one of the things I really like about it is that representation of the characters through their powers. And you get to see a very, almost a pure X-Men, um, if that makes sense, in terms of doing their classic novels. Don't give me that look. I mean... An unweighed down by weird Claremont history or Morrison history or anything okay. like that. Right, right, right. I see what you're You get a, a, you know, and oh, I can't say that either. You, get, <laughs> you, just, you just get an unburdened X-Men. All right, okay. Unburdened by the nonsense of the past. A little bit, yeah. Other than the fact that Colossus was killed by the legacy virus and now this guy's brought him back. Uh, it doesn't matter. And they have to keep explaining it. That doesn't like, I matter. I thought you were it, dead. It, nah, they fixed him. Sleep. Fixed him, um, mate. I enjoyed the cure as a plot device. I, I think it brought up interesting conversations. I didn't because I, I was reading it. And now there's 17 years of hindsight here, but I was reading it the whole time. I'm going, hasn't this been done? Well, now, it might have may- been. Maybe I, was, I wouldn't have been like that in 2004. But we've had too much mutant cure talk over the last twenty five years we've for this to be exciting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but you know, it, it's interesting. You get to see the ethics of the characters and stuff like that. Um, I like some of the mini dialogue. I normally don't like a snarky Whedon quip, mm. but it works well in comic book form. I think because it's not being delivered by what's his name, Nicholas Brandon. Is it Nicholas Brandon? Huh? Yeah, that's his name. That's his name. Yeah, it's not being delivered by him, which I find very palatable. Um, okay, good. You know, uh, and I, I think there are nice moments of it. I think it pokes a lot of fun at stupid X-Men tropes like Jean Grey. Everyone's <laughs> like, I'm sick of Jean Grey. <laughs> Get Jean, Jean Grey out of here, please. And there are moments where like characters are like, you know, I never thought Jean Grey was a good match for you, Scott. And he's like, mm. hang on, that's my dead wife. Fuck you. That's my dead wife. <laughs> leave, leave it off. Should be back and all. Yeah, yeah. My, I think my favourite line of the whole thing is um, when someone says, Jean Grey's dead, and Agent Brand says, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like so, Some moments like that is, it's very funny, and I think it pokes fun at people like Scott, because when, when Beast turns around and says, oh, does nothing stay buried? He's like, Jean? Is Jean, Jean back? His, his Jean. girlfriend is over his shoulder just being like, fuck's sake. Fuck's sake, I'm barely wearing anything. <laughs> How much more do I have to take off for you to notice me, Scott? Hmm? Yeah, look at me, Scott, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Emma Frost is another long-standing member in the inexplicably attractive women who go for really not that great guys in Just Reason Fiction. Cyclops is a great guy. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's, he's a handsome man in his late 30s. He's in charge of a school. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Constantly he doubts can... himself and looks yeah. for any trace of his dead ex-wife. Yeah, women are into that. Great guy. Great guy. Fuck. His love rival is a little aggressive smelly fella. Yeah, a little aggressive smelly fella who breaks into your bedroom every once in a while just to have a go at you. What an absolute dickhead. <laughs> what a win 
Forever what an frost. absolute son of a bitch. Yeah, no. Waking up in the morning and there's a little hairy, smelly, aggressive fella sitting on your bed. So you just give him an old blast. Yeah, rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, Get the fuck I'm out with Cyclops on that one. Get out of here. Fix that window. But yeah, so uh, look, I, I think it's not without its flaws, Michael. I think some of the characters are very Whedon-y. Mm. Ort. Um, huh? Ort. Ord of the break world. Mm. The whole break world thing could have been scrapped. It's it's not a necessary Benjamin thing. Yeah. Isn't a random mutant and we don't know which one has gonna do something bad in the future. Isn't that the plot of why cable came back in time? Yeah, almost always. There's Or there's, Bishop. Yeah, Maybe it was Bishop. There's eighty five different versions of that in existence, Michael. And it's yeah, like this whole thing just feels like the mutant cure is back. Someone from the future who's pissed off at mutants in general is back. It all just felt a bit re-thready to me. Yeah, I mean, it is Claremont's greatest hits with mm. a little bit of pepper and spice and snark sprinkled mm. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And classic costumes. And classic costumes, Michael. They've made a comeback. Gene, tell me. Gene, Gene is back at least well. like the costumes? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got a lot of that. But overall, Michael, I have to say I did enjoy this. Go on out of here. I don't know why. Maybe it was a soft nostalgia playing gently at the back of my brain. Mm. But I did enjoy this. I wasn't enamoured by it, to be honest. That's either okay. upon first reading or on second reading. Oh. I wouldn't be rushing out to pick up the continuation of this at any great speed. That's okay, Michael. You won't be picking up volume two. I, I might. I might give you it might. a little... You might give it a little read. A little we skin. might come back to it. We might come yeah. back to it in a year or two. But ladies and gentlemen, do you know whose opinion doesn't matter on this show? Oh, is it me, Ben? It's ours. No, it's oh, ours. Oh, it's both Michael. of us. Okay. It's ours. But yours does. So you should probably get in touch with us in a number of different ways. Oh, what a what a segue. Yeah, you can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabyug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. You can find us on Instagram at Collecting Issues. There's one post. There's one post. Uh, I, there's, there's, it's, got, it's got two posts now. There's two it's posts. It's going to have another one this very evening, Michael. Oh, about X-Men probably. Yes, there'll be an X-Men one on why you should read Astonishing X-Men Volume 1. Oh, very um, good. Because we're a positive Instagram presence, Michael. We don't want to be tearing anybody down. Oh, are we good? Also, um, ladies and unlike gentlemen. Unlike Joss Whedon. That prank. <laughs> well, no, we'll, we'll tear Joss Whedon down a bit. Okay. Fuck bit. Joss Whedon, man. Uh, but also, Michael, come here to me. Yeah. Do you know the best way to get in touch with us? Twitter. Uh, no, no. Oh, it's not Twitter. No, it's not um, Twitter. Two cans with a bit of string in them. Yeah, that usually does the trick, actually. We have those available in our merch store now. The Shomrabyug <laughs> two cans. Oh, very good. It's two cans like the bird. Yeah, so you need to be very careful not to order the toucans. No, because okay? they're a big you bird. get birds and they don't yeah. communicate with us. Yeah, they're, they're very big beaks. If anything, they were a bit of a pest. Hmm. No, get up on that Discord, baby. I'll hop up on it there. Yeah, get up on it there. And you can discuss all kinds of things with us, uh, both from this podcast and our other wonderful podcast, Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop of culture. It's a bit more general. It's a bit more general, not as niche. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, We don't read comics from from however many years ago. 17. 19 years? No, not 19 years. 18 years ago. 18 years, not that much. So long. Not that less. Uh, Michael, come here to me. In two weeks' time, we're going to be taking a look at a very, very recent comic, Michael. We're going to be taking a look at Nightwing, Volume 1, Leaping into the Light, by Tom Taylor and an artist whose name I cannot remember. It is the latest run on Nightwing. And, Michael, it's so popular, it's sold out bloody everywhere. Oh, it's sold out, Benjamin. How are we going to read it? I got it. (laughs) Oh, you've got it. I went on a comic book procuring uh, expedition. 
Yeah, pro- comic book procuring exposition. You went to the shop is what you're saying. Yes, I went to the shop. You went to the shop and you got it. Very good. I'll see you in two weeks, everybody. I'm going off now to the shop. All right, goodbye. See you in the shop, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>